Section six of the Mysteries of London, Volume Three. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Gray Clayton. The Mysteries of London, Volume Three by George W. M. Reynolds. Section six. Chapter six. Doctor Lassells. The interview between Lady Hatfield and the Earl of Ellingham was as long as it was painful, and ten o'clock struck by the thousand churches of London as the nobleman quitted the mansion. There was such a fierce struggle in his breast between wounded pride and fervent affection that his sorrow for the blighted hope of the latter was rendered less acute by being united with the indignation inspired by the former in spite of his generous nature he couldn't help thinking that he had been trifled with to some extent for it naturally seemed preposterous that georgiana should refuse him without a candid explanation of the motives and when every earthly circumstance appeared favourable to their union then again he pondered upon the wildness of her grief the delirious anguish which she had shown at several stages of their interview her solemn avowal of love for him alone and her voluntary assurance that she should be happy and proud to call him her husband. He moreover reflected upon the steadiness of her character, her aversion to the frivolities of the fashionable world, her apparent candour of disposition, and her total want of anything approaching to coquetry, and he endeavoured to persuade himself that he had acted harshly by leaving her in anger yet what alternative had i he asked himself and would not any other man have in the same way cut short an interview of so mysterious and unsatisfactory so perplexing and humiliating a nature alas the earl of ellingham found himself the very next minute dwelling with an aching and compassionate heart upon the agonized state in which he had left the being whom he so tenderly loved he thought of her fascinating beauty her bewitching manners, her well-cultivated mind, her amiable disposition, and then he said within himself, Oh, if I have indeed lost her, I have lost an angel. He had reached the immediate vicinity of Hatchett's Hotel, when he turned back with the resolution of seeking another interview with Georgiana. But scarcely had he retraced ten steps of the way, ere he stopped short and asked himself what advantage could be gained by such a proceeding the decision is given he reasoned she can never never be mine wherefore should i renew her grief and my humiliation evoke fresh tears from her eyes and add sharpness to the sting of my disappointment no it may not be some terrible mystery shrouds her conduct from my penetration but shall i who am defeated in love give way to a base sentiment of curiosity it would be unmanly ignoble cowardly to attempt to extort her secret from her for a profound secret she doubtlessly cherishes a secret which has this evening influenced her conduct and perhaps he thought following the natural channel of his meditations that secret is of a nature which a modest woman could not reveal to one of the opposite sex the idea suddenly flashing across his brain suggested a proceeding which after a few moments of profound reflection 
he determined to adopt. Passing rapidly up Dover Street, Lord Ellingham entered Grafton Street, where he knocked at a door on which was a brass plate engraved with the name of Dr. Lassells. The physician was at home, and the nobleman was immediately ushered into a parlour, where he was shortly joined by the individual whom he sought. Dr. Lassells was a short, thin, sallow-faced man of about fifty. He had small, restless, sparkling eyes, a prim mouth, and an intelligent, though by no means prepossessing, countenance. He was devoted to the art which he practised, and was reputed the most scientific man of the whole faculty. His anatomical researches had been prosecuted with an energy and a perseverance which afforded occupation to half the resurrection men in London, and more than once to the doctor's own personal danger in respect to the law. It was whispered in well-informed circles that he never hesitated to encounter any peril in order to possess himself of the corpse of a person who died of an unusual malady. His devotion to anatomy had materially blunted his feelings and deadened the kinder sympathies of his nature. But his immense talents, added to a reputation acquired by several wonderful cures, rendered him the most fashionable physician of the day. Such was the medical gentleman whom Lord Ellingham called to consult. "'Excuse this late visit, doctor,' said the Earl, "'but I knew that I might take the liberty of intruding upon you. "'The words early and late are not in my vocabulary "'so far as they regard myself,' was the reply. "'My hours are at the disposal of my patrons, "'among whom I have the honour to include your lordship. "'Then, without farther apology, "'I shall proceed to state the object of my visit.' said the nobleman. Give me your hand. You look dejected. You're very pale. Your pulse, it's not concerning myself altogether that I have to speak, interrupted the earl, withdrawing the hand which the doctor had seized. I wish to consult you upon a subject intimately affecting my happiness. The physician looked surprised, and drew his chair closer to that in which the earl was seated. To tell you the truth, continued Arthur, I am deeply enamoured of a lady whose social position, beauty, fortune and intellect render her in every way worthy to become my wife well why don't you propose to her demanded the physician dryly i have and am rejected was the answer accompanied by a profound sigh the devil said the physician but what can i do for you in the matter surely your lordship does not believe in filters and love draughts "'Ridiculous!' cried the Earl impatiently. "'If you'll grant me a few moments, I will explain myself.' Dr. Lassells folded his arms, threw himself back in the chair, and prepared to listen to his young friend's narrative. "'The lady to whom I am attached,' continued the Earl, "'is, as I ere now informed you, in every way worthy of an alliance with me, and she is moreover deeply attached to me. She has never loved another, and declares that she never can.' No apparent circumstances interfere with our union, and she's done me the honour to assure me that she should be alike proud and happy to own me as her husband. She is entirely her own mistress, and even if she were not, her friends would present no barrier to our marriage. Yet she refuses me, and for some mysterious cause which she will not explain. I've just left her, left her in a state of anguish such as I never before witnessed, such as I hope never to behold again. 
perhaps she's been guilty of some weakness which she's afraid you would discover suggested dr lascelles oh no no exclaimed arthur enthusiastically in an unguarded moment carried away by a hasty suspicion of the kind i hinted at that possibility and i soon repented of my rashness the lady's countenance flushed with a glow of honest indignation and instantly veiling her blushes with her hand she burst into tears i could pledge my existence doctor that she is purity itself but wherefore do you consult me in the matter asked lascelles you must admit doctor answered ellingham that my position is a singular one in reference to the lady to whom i speak what am i to conjecture suspense is terrible and yet not for worlds would i again attempt to extort her secret from her the motive may be a physical one said the doctor that was the idea which ere now struck me and which has brought me hither to consult you exclaimed the earl she may be the prey to some insidious disease which impairs not her exterior aspect at the present continued dr lascelles say for instance a cancer in the breast or again her motive may be a moral one insomuch as she may be aware from some secret warnings that she is in danger of suffering an aberration of reason and if the lady were a patient of your own doctor asked the earl should you be enabled to judge whether she were menaced by that dreadful mental malady to which you have alluded decidedly so replied the physician the earl rose from his seat and walked two or three times up and down the apartment dr lascelles followed him with his eyes as he surveyed the strong well-knit but slender and graceful form of the young nobleman the votary of science could not help thinking what a splendid skeleton he would make at length the earl stopped abruptly opposite the doctor and said in an impressive tone you will never reveal the particulars of this interview it's scarcely probable returned lascelles with a smile but you promise me you pledge your word never to breathe a syllable which may betray the motive of my present visit or the topic of our conversation persisted the earl never exclaimed the physician then listen said the earl sinking his voice almost to a whisper the lady of whom i have spoken is lady hatfield observed lascelles what you've guessed simply because everyone said last winter that you were dying for her interrupted the doctor coolly and therefore i presume you have availed yourself of her ladyship's return to town to place your coronet at her feet yes i do allude to georgiana whose professional attendant you are cried the earl and believe me when i solemnly declare that no sentiment of impertinent curiosity never mind the motive said the doctor let's keep to the facts i have known lady hatfield for upward of five years and i can positively assure your lordship that there is not the slightest cause physical or moral with which i am acquainted that can influence her conduct towards you then what can this mystery be exclaimed arthur more perplexed than ever my god must i again fall back on the hypothesis of a woman's idle caprice the theory of her unaccountable whims is she the victim of an idiosyncrasy which she cannot control and must i be made its sport throughout the sphere of my extensive practice observed dr lascelles i know not a woman less likely to be swayed by idle caprice or unaccountable whims than lady hatfield her mind is strong 
her intellect bright and uncharacterized by the slightest eccentricity i have however frequently observed that her ladyship is the prey to a secret melancholy that she has her dark moments as one may denominate them but at those times the vigour of her soul is not subdued to a degree that would produce so strange a result as a decision affecting her own happiness you say she loves you i have not a doubt of the sincerity of her attachment cried the earl emphatically and yet she will not marry you said the doctor i cannot comprehend it nor i observed arthur with exceeding bitterness of tone my happiness is at stake what can i do had she explained the motive of her refusal and were that motive a strong one did it reveal some cause which would render our union infelicitous i might have borne up against this cruel cruel disappointment my love for her would then have been converted by admiration of her generous candour into a permanent friendship and we might henceforth have met as brother and sister but how can i ever visit her again how can i meet her beautiful and amiable as she is i adore her and yet i dare not in future trust myself in her presence no i must crush this love in my heart stifle it subdue it altogether oh fool that i am to talk thus as if it were practicable to forget her as if it were possible to cease to worship her ere now as i walked through the streets i endeavoured to blunt the keenness of my affection by placing it in contact with the amount of wrong which i deemed myself to have experienced at her hands but unjustly perhaps as she has treated me humiliated as i felt and still feel myself to be chagrined disappointed rejected without explanation oh and all these injuries are absorbed in the immensity of the love which i bear her and in a state of extraordinary excitement arthur paced the room with agitated steps the doctor sat musing upon his chair he had ever been too much devoted to scientific pursuits to afford leisure to the delights of love and though he was married he had entered the connubial state only through motives of self-interest well aware that ladies prefer a medical attendant whose proprietary of conduct is or at least appears to be guaranteed by marriage he had one day cast his mental eyes around the circle of his acquaintance and his glances were at length fixed upon a wealthy widow who was one of his patients jumping into his cab he called upon her and in order not to waste time proposed while he felt her pulse she simpered an assent and as she could not name the day he did it for her while he wrote out a prescription then he pocketed her guinea all the same uh, not through meanness but from the regularity of professional habit and had she offered him a fee as an acknowledgment for his loss of time on the morning they were issued from the church he would also have taken it this union was sterile but the doctor found that he had obtained an excellent wife who kept his house in good order did the honours of his table to admiration and never interrupted him when he was engaged in his study we have only introduced this little episode in the life of dr lassells just to convince our readers that he was not at all the man to comprehend the vehemence of dr ellingham's love thus while the nobleman was pacing the apartment in the manner described above 
and declaiming in reference to his passion the physician was meditating profoundly upon the conduct of lady hatfield in refusing so excellent a match his mind habituated to connect everything as much as possible to the special sphere of science wherein he moved soon lost itself in a field of conjecture as to whether there might not be some physical cause carefully concealed even from himself which would elucidate the mystery the result of his meditations was not at all satisfactory to himself but he resolved that he would not allow the matter to remain just where it was this determination he did not however communicate to lord ellingham who took his leave more bewildered than ever as to the motive which could have possibly induced lady hatfield to assure him of her love and yet refuse him her hand end of section 6 recording by gray clayton